Now God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. At that time, the Roman emperor decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancee, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them there. that I know right? I'm so glad it's Christmas break I'm tired of writing papers and I'm tired of doing homework and I'm just tired you actually do that stuff <laughs> yeah don't you yeah You're you do it for to. me I, I'm not doing your homework for you it's not what you said last semester oh really <laughs> yeah oh oh look the baby Jesus in the manger scene I love that you actually believe that stuff yeah I believe it don't you no, no. Jesus that, really that's Jesus came we for you. I mean, you don't believe it? No. Really? That's all stupid. I can't believe you guys. We'll talk about it over lunch, all right? Jesus came to save you. Yeah, yeah. He came for you. He didn't just come for no reason. Come on, let's go get some hot you get, chocolate. Do you guys even okay. believe that he came in the first place? You're making a scene. Let's, Calm down. Come on. I don't care. He came for you. He came to save okay. you. Just stop. We'll get some hot chocolate and just forget about it. Fine. Yeah. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or anyone practicing homosexuality, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. Believe. 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 I don't know if I believe in this baby Jesus in a manger, son of God stuff. Is it really a fairy tale or some just old story that was made up a hundred years ago? I know there's some weird things, weird beliefs out there, but the Son of God coming in a manger? Come on. How can people believe that? I just don't know if I believe in this Jesus stuff. Some will say that I don't believe that there's any proof that this man named Jesus is the Son of God. Some will say I can prove that there is no God. 
Just like all the bad things in the world today. Wars all around us. And rumors of wars and terrorists killing innocent men and innocent children. It's proof that there is no loving God. Some would say that with all the sickness about, with over a million individuals dying of cancer last year alone, it's hard to believe that there's a loving God like the Bible says. Some will say that just look at the hatred and the crime and the confusion in the world. Just in Chicago alone, over 3,000 shootings last year alone. And they'd say, I find it hard to believe that there's a loving God, like the Bible says. It's hard to believe. With millions of innocent babies, over a million of innocent babies being killed every year in the world alone, there can't be a loving God, the way the Bible says. With almost 18% of all pregnancies ending in abortion, how can there be a loving God? Some will say it's hard to believe that there's a loving God like the Bible says. Well, why would he allow a mom or a dad or a child to die of sickness or die in a tragic, horrific situation? Why would God do that? And think just how can a reasonable person believe that this single man named Jesus can influence the world over? I mean, he's only one man. A man that was born 2,000 years ago, how can he still influence the world today? How can a man born 2,000 years ago influence America today? I don't know. I find it hard to believe. Some will say, how could this man who was crucified on the cross at 33 years of age, and he never held a public office, and he never spoke in public until he was 30 years old, how could he influence the world all by himself? Some will say, I don't believe a single man can influence the lives in America to the point that 80% of America's hospitals and colleges and schools were open and founded by his followers. How can one man do all of that? I just don't know whether to believe that or not. I mean, think about it. No other man in history has ever had that influence. No other man in history has had the influence that Jesus had. No one. And they expected me to believe that this man, Jesus, done all the things that the Bible declares. But yet, polls taken confirmed in America today that 78% of Americans believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. 78% of Americans probably don't even know who the president is. But yet, 78% of Americans know who Jesus is. How can that be? I just don't know about this baby Jesus, God stuff, forgiveness, and a 
manger stuff. But what if this Jesus, what if he wasn't just a man? He never claimed to be just a man. He claimed to be the son of God. What if he really was who he said he was? What if he really is the son of God? What if he really is the ones that the prophets talked about from the Holy Scriptures and prophesied hundreds of years prior to his birth? Even going as far as the prophet Zechariah and Zechariah 9 prophesying that this baby Jesus would grow up and enter the city of Jerusalem riding on a donkey. 600 years before it happened. How can that be? And the prophets even go as far as saying this baby Jesus would grow up and suffer the death of a, of a Roman crucifixion even before the Romans had invented and perfected their horrific form of judgment. Hmm. The prophet Zechariah also prophesied that this Jesus would be pierced in the side which was completely contrary to the Romans' crucifixion. But this man Jesus, it was prophesied that when he was on the cross, he'd be pierced in his side with a sword. And that's exactly what happened. He would, the prophet says that he would be betrayed by one of his followers. And he was. That he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And he was. It was prophesied hundreds of years before he was even born that his companion that betrayed him would betray him for 30 pieces of silver and in the end, those pieces of silver would be thrown into the temple. And eventually, those 30 pieces of silver would buy ground for the poor to be buried. All told about in what they call the Word of God. That's exactly what happened. Of everything that was prophesied in the word of God, it's like, it's like they knew it was coming. But how could the prophets know these things? How could they speak a thousand years prior, 600 years prior, and speak with such detail? How could they do that unless, unless God revealed it to them? Like the Bible says. Maybe I can believe that. God revealed it to him. Maybe. Maybe not. The prophet Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years before it happened. That this baby Jesus would grow up and be crucified between two thieves. And he was. So maybe he is who the Bible says he is. Maybe he is who he claims to be. In the book of Psalms, prophesied a thousand years before it happened, it was prophesied that the Roman soldiers would gamble for his robe. And they did. 
Maybe I can believe. It was prophesied by prophets that Jesus would be raised from the dead on the third day. And he was. They prophesied that a rich man would come after his death and prepare his body for burial and give him his tomb to be buried in. What if this Jesus really is the Son of God? Man, what if he is? You know, it would kind of all make sense. You know, if he was who the Bible says he was, he wasn't just a man. But he was and he is the Son of God, like the Bible says. Well, then it would all start to make sense. You know, he does have over 2 million followers around the world. 2 million followers around the world. How can a man do that? Around the world. And yet, he never owned a home. He never traveled more than 200 miles from his birthplace. He never ran for public office. He never formed an army. He never wrote a book. He never done any of those things. He never wrote about the events in his life. He didn't write those. His followers did. The ones that seen it, eyewitness, they seen, and they wrote it down. It would make sense. Maybe I can believe that. They say that he wasn't a doctor, but yet he healed the multitudes. He healed their bodies. He healed their mind, and he's healed their soul. Hmm. You know, and then that would make perfect sense why most of you sitting here today could stand up and tell how when you received Christ into your heart and made him Lord of your life, everything changed for you. How you had the ability to love the unlovely. And you had the ability to suddenly change the way you thought and the way you acted. If this man really was the son of God, it all makes sense. He lived over 2,000 years ago and still has influence in the world today. Man. Maybe it's true. Maybe that is right. And because, listen, he has influence. I've got it figured out. He has influence because he's not dead. Because he's alive like the Bible says he is. Because he, was, he raised these from the dead on the third day, symbolizing the defeat of eternal judgment and eternal damnation. And symbolizing eternal life for all that would follow him. I do believe in this baby Jesus and a manger son of God stuff. The truth is, the evidence is clear that Jesus was not just a man, but he was and is the son of the living God. He was sent on a mission to this earth by God to seek the sinner, to seek the world 
of, that have fallen and done wrong. To seek and save those who had done wrong, not to judge them, but to save them from eternal hell and save them from judgment. It's true. It's true. And I do believe it. Earlier, Rick read a passage from the Bible that was written to the church in Corinth, which is in Greece. But he didn't read it all. And I want to go ahead and read the rest of the scripture to you. Written to a church not different than Orchardville or Fairfield or Flora or Mount Vernon, Wayne City. Not different, but a church inspired by God. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, it says, Do you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols and commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive people or cheating people, None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. But it doesn't end there. Listen to what God said through, through his man. Notice what God inspired him to write down or speaking to the church. It goes on, verse 11, he says, some of you were once like that. Many of us can raise our hands. Is there anybody here that can keep the Ten Commandments? Is there anybody here that cannot lie or you've never stole anything or you've never taken the Lord's name in vain? So he says to the church, some of you were like that. And then he says, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what most of you have done here tonight. You have done that. We serve a risen Savior. The truth is we have all done wrong. We have all made mistakes you and I and everybody you know, and that's why we all need a Savior. Amen. Amen. We have to have a Savior to enter a relationship with God. God cannot relate to sin. He can't be around it. He's holy. It'll never happen. Now, let me tell you, if you're here tonight and you know that you're not saved, I want to speak to you a minute. Or maybe you believe. Maybe you believe in the God of the Bible. Maybe you believe that the Son of God came and was born and to this earth and was in a manger and he, he died on a cross. Maybe you believe that. But you've never really said that. You've never really committed your life to the Lord Jesus. You know, it's a sad truth, but there will be lots and lots and lots of good people 
in hell. Good people, all because their sins, like every one of us have sinned, all because their sins were not washed clean by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to pray with you here in just a minute. Praise team, if you'll come. I want to pray with you just here in just a second. And this is no trick prayer. I want to ask everybody here to repeat after me. Bow your heads, please. And everybody, please repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I know I've done wrong. I know I've made mistakes. But I believe that you are the Son of God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Change my heart. And make me a child of God's. Make eternity with God a promise to me. Amen. I want to share with you in the Bible in Romans 10 the Bible says you've got to do two things two things have to happen for you to be saved and become a child of God the first is you have to believe you have to believe that God is who he says he is you have to believe that Jesus Christ is and was the son of God and he was raised from the dead on the third day you got to believe that so if you're here tonight and you've done that you've got the first step taken care of the second step is you've got to tell somebody the Bible says that we believe with the heart And we confess with the mouth resulting in salvation. Believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth resulting in salvation. Now I want to recommend two different ways you can do this. You can come up here and confess him as Lord of your life in front of God and everybody. You can be determined and know for a shadow of a doubt that your future will be different than your past. That's one way. And we welcome you to do that. But there's another way. And this is it. When you leave here tonight and you walk out those doors, the moment you get in the car, The moment your bottom hits the seat and the doors shut, look to those you came with and tell them you believed in your heart and now you're confessing with your mouth. Glory to God. And if if you want evidence that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, your life will prove it You'll know it on the inside and it'll be manifested on the outside. Glory to God. Glory to God. Please stand with me. Thank you, Lord.
If you have a need tonight and would like prayer, please come forward. We invite you, if this is the first time you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you want to come forth and confess it to me, I'll be standing right here. I ask you to come ahead. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Please don't let anybody pray alone. Praise you, Father. I know there's needs everywhere. Young man, hold on just a minute before you. Yeah, come ahead. Come ahead. Yeah, you. Stand still just a minute. Come ahead, Jay. Come ahead, folks. I know there's needs. You know what? I've got needs in my family. I've got individuals that I deal with on a regular basis that are heading the wrong direction. They're headed toward hell and God don't want them there. And you do too. You do too. Pray for them right now. Pray that God would speak to them. Pray that God would reveal His Son to them. And they would make a decision to follow Him. Pray for them right now, right where you're at. Glory to God. Father, I just pray for all the hurting people that we know. Father, I pray for the addict, for the adulterer, for the homosexual, for the liar, to the gossiper, to each and all of them, Father. I pray for them right now that their hearts may be open and they'll come to understand that you don't want to judge them. But Jesus came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, Father, we worship you and we praise you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618 835 2677.